Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus okay here we go it's great to have you in we're packed today here in a monday um monday monday <laughs> monday uh it is great to have you with us i'm mike guido this is guido's gridiron blitz on the landry football podcast network uh plenty of stuff to hit on today uh, in about 15 minutes, we've got a little bit of a story on the Eagles, and it exactly represents why this team is going to be a, me- a mess for the next half decade. Um, I'm going to give you my thoughts in about a half an hour about the Cowboys going up for Kyle Pitts. Should they do it? Should they not do it? I know they desperately need defense, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, towards the end of the show today, about 45 minutes from now, I'll give you the top five quarterbacks in this draft the way that I see it. I'll rank them one to five. Um, So, uh, loaded today. But first, I do want to remind you that Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. What we've done is we've teamed together to provide sports and gaming offer uh, uh, all Landry football followers and podcast listeners uh, special gaming offers. So. Here's what you do. You go to our website, LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. You click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. It'll be right there. You'll see it. You pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, all of those. You sign up, and you instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 and an account deposit match, or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page and get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, Okay, so last week, Sam Darnold got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, a sixth-round pick this year, a second-round pick next year, and a fourth-round pick next year going back to the New York Jets. Uh, and it's interesting because I had been rooting for all offseason, and I kept saying that this was going to be the most – this was the most interesting thing that was going to happen in the offseason. And this is why I love the draft, right? <laughs> because now the most interesting thing in the offseason is – Well, what are the Atlanta Falcons going to do with the number four overall pick? (laughs) And we'll discuss that a little bit later as well. But when Sam Darnold got traded, I I think that there were plenty of people on both sides of the argument saying, well, it was time. Sam Darnold needed a fresh start. The Jets needed to move on. It didn't work out. The coaching ruined him. They're going to have the number two pick. They're going to draft a quarterback. And I think there were plenty of people on that side. And there were also plenty of people that were saying, the Jets are so stupid. Sam Darnold was your guy. If you just surrounded him with the right talent, then it would have worked out. And I think there were a lot of people on that side. And generally speaking, I tended to lean into defending Sam Darnold. I like his arm. I like his maturity. Okay, the only thing that I didn't love was the fact that he turned the ball over too much. But to be honest with you, his turnovers, his interception numbers, went down every single year, 15, 13, 11, since he's been in the NFL. So it was getting better, even under terrible coaching. 
Okay, Todd Bowles was his first coach, and then he had two years with Adam Gase, who had absolutely no business being a head coach in the NFL. Absolutely no business being in the NFL. So I give Sam Darnold a lot, a lot of credit. I saw the talent. I saw the, 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 the glimpses of brilliance. And I think that, you know, it, it's hard to move off guys that you can see the special. But now the Jets are saying, you know what? We could trade Sam. We have the number two pick. We like this kid. And that's the direction they're going in. So I was surprised by my own reaction to the trade. Because, and you know, I think this happens a lot. I think this happens a lot. There are a lot of people that are going to say, well, if they had traded Sam Darnold, that I would have been pissed. I, I wanted Sam Darnold. But then the Jets do trade Sam Darnold, and then you're just like, oh, okay, it's you know, that's not bad. That's not a bad decision. That's what happened to me. I was defending Sam Darnold. The Jets should keep him. They should trade number two. They should get a crap ton of picks, and they should surround him with all this. I was totally on that side. And then last week when the Jets traded Sam Darnold, I was like, hmm, okay. Now, to be fair, I never thought that I would have been mad at the Jets if they had traded Sam Darnold. I don't think I would have been. Because I trust Joe Douglas, their GM, in picking new talent. I do. I trust him. Okay, last year's draft for the Jets was really good. They got a bunch of good players from that draft. Okay, Makai Becton's going to be their franchise left tackle. Denzel Mims is a good player. Ashton Davis is a good player. Like, they had a good draft last year. They've got some good players now. So, what that must have meant, and again, I don't expect this to be any different for any other front office in the history of the NFL. Okay, every single team seriously evaluates the quarterback market. If there is somebody that they can get that they realistically fall in love with, they are at least going to contemplate taking that player. The Jets have the number two pick, and they looked at Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever, and they said, that kid's blowing us away. I mean, you heard it in the media. You heard it through quotes. You heard it. The Jets were clinging tight. And it, it perfectly explains why this process was so hush-hush in their building. Why this process, it felt like it was pulling teeth. We couldn't get a clear answer on anything. It's because the Jets didn't have a clear answer to tell anybody. This is exactly what we thought it was. The Jets like Sam Darnold. The Jets wanted to keep Sam Darnold, but they said, look, <laughs> we're sitting here at number two overall. This will reset our, our contract situation. We get a new guy in here. You know, Sam's going to go into year four in the NFL and <laughs> listen, another year down the line, we got to pay him. <laughs> so we're saying, hey, listen, let's just say, for instance, just for the you know, the argument's sake, let's say it's Zach Wilson at a BYU that they like. Okay. And they're going to say, well, look, <laughs> we like Zach Wilson. We think he's a little bit more talented than Sam. We're built. It's a new coach. It's, you know, we got some weapons in here. Corey Davis. We got Keelan Cole in here, right? I have a feeling the Jets will probably draft a running back or something like that. They're going to try and beef up this offense make sure this quarterback works and they're looking at Zach Wilson and they're looking at the throws that he's making on his pro day. And they're looking at his YouTube highlight film. And the guy looks like Patrick Mahomes, right? That's what they call him is they call him Mormon Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, look, they looked at that kid and they said, okay, all right. He got us. He got us. And I don't think that that's a bad decision. I just think it's a risky decision. 
because, and it's a risky decision, not only for the Jets, but it's a risky decision for both Joe Douglas, the GM, and Robert Sala, the head coach. Okay, keep this in mind. Everything about their future, meaning those two guys, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, especially Joe Douglas, everything rides on Zach Wilson being a good player. If they hit on Zach Wilson, the Jets will look like geniuses. Okay? I do think that whoever they draft needs to be awesome because, like, you gave up on Sam Darnold and some Jet fans, despite the poor numbers, despite the poor uh, poor performances on a relatively consistent basis, a lot of Jets fans liked Sam Darnold. He was mature. He wasn't a problem. Most Jet fans didn't think that Darnold's failure was his own fault. There was a tie to Sam Darnold, and we saw it from the Jets organization. They didn't want to get rid of him, but they saw Zach Wilson, and they see the position that they're in in the draft, and they're saying, well, we kind of have to. And that's the direction they chose to go in. I'm not mad at them about that, but it is risky for Joe Douglas to go in that direction because his job counts on it. Joe Douglas is not going to get fired next year. But if three years go by and Zach Wilson doesn't look any better than Sam Darnold and the Jets are still, you know, kind of in the basement, then say goodbye, Joe. That's the reality. Joe Douglas's job is completely reliant on whether or not Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or whoever they take, it is reliant on if they turn out to be good. And if they're not good, then Joe Douglas is out of a job. If he is good, Joe Douglas looks like a genius, probably gets extended. But that's the reality. So, again, if I were the New York Jets, and this is just me, okay? If I were the New York Jets, I have to, without question, I take Zach Wilson or whoever I have, uh, whoever I want in the number two slot. Again, most people are saying that it's going to be Zach Wilson. But if I'm the Jets, I take Zach Wilson at number two, and then at number 23 and at number 34, I more than likely draft offensive players. I would take a lineman and a running back or a running back and a wide receiver or something like that. You got to get this offense humming pretty early. And the Jets hired a defensive coach. Robert Sala is a defense guy. But that doesn't matter. They have to improve offensively next year. Okay. Sam Darnold's going to Carolina. Do you did you see the situation that Sam Darnold's going into? Sam Darnold in Carolina is going to thrive if given the opportunity, and I think he will. The Carolina's already looking at trading Teddy Bridgewater. So Sam Darnold goes to Carolina. He's got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, who's arguably the best running back in the NFL. He's got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson is ex-teammate with the Jets. That's going to be a good reuniting right there. The offensive line is not terrible. They need a left tackle, but for the other, you know, Paradis and Moton and guys like that, these are these aren't bad offensive linemen. You can he's going to be pretty decently protected. Not amazing, but pretty decent protection. Don't be surprised if Carolina goes after Kyle Pitts or another receiver early in this draft and not only that but he's playing for a great culture head coach in Matt Rule and a great schematic offensive coordinator in Joe Brady who led the LSU offense that knocked the world's socks off made Joe Burrow look like an unreal player Okay, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the first running back taken in last year's draft. Don't think that Joe Brady didn't have anything to do with that. 
Okay, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. This guy coached incredibly good NFL players and potentially good NFL players. Because you know Jamar Chase is going to be a star in the NFL. Sam Darnold's going to thrive in Carolina. It wouldn't surprise me if Carolina was close to a 500 football team next year. Even though it's impossible to go 500 because now we play 17 games, which that's another thing. How the hell are we going to do that? The more I thought about it, more teams are going to get more. Uh, so half the teams are going to get nine home games. The other, the other half is going to get eight. That's why sports seasons have even numbered games. Major League Baseball's got 162. You get 81 and 81. NBA, you get 82. That's 41 and 41. The NFL, you're going to get 9 and 8. And maybe that's not going to make or break the season, but I have OCD, so it's driving me crazy. Anyway, um, but overall, like the trade for the Jets. Overall, love the trade for Carolina. Because I think Sam Darnold, I think Carolina just got their franchise quarterback essentially for a second-round pick. I do. I think they got their franchise quarterback. And I think Carolina knows that they won't get a quarterback in this year's draft that they stay at number eight. There are going to be three guys that go off the board, one, two, three, and then what? They're going to wait five picks to go another guy? No. Either somebody's going to trade ahead of them or the Eagles or Atlanta or Detroit is going to take a quarterback. Carolina wasn't getting one. So they took a chance on Sam. Matt Rule, I'm sure, likes him. Joe Brady, I'm sure, likes him. And that's where they're going to go. So just just got to be careful. Joe Douglas's job is riding on this. So better hope Zach Wilson works. Okay, uh, let's get into this. So <laughs> this is this is amazing to me. So according to, I believe, if I'm getting this right, I believe it was Alshon Jeffrey who said this. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey's been in Philadelphia for a while. Um, so there was a source, uh, maybe it wasn't Alshon Jeffrey, but a source told the athletics, Shale Kapadia, Bo Wolf, and Zach Berman, they said that the owner of the Eagles, Jeffrey Lurie, and the GM, Howie Roseman, ridiculed and criticized every decision that former head coach Doug Peterson made. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. This is unbelievable. Okay, the Eagles, uh, they're a mess. Okay. Uh, you've got players saying that Doug Peterson was treated, quote, like a baby. Okay, the athletic source said, if you won by three, it wasn't enough. If you lost on a last-second field goal, you're the worst coach in history. The Eagles are going to be bad for a while. They will be. Unless things change. If you're an Eagles fan, you need to be rooting for change. Deep-rooted change. Like owner selling the team change. If that's the culture that is instilled in Philadelphia, that is the reason. This is it right here. Okay, this is your answer. Don't overlook this. This is the answer. This is the reason for your what seemed to be rapid decline. Doug Peterson can coach football. I have absolutely zero doubt about that. Coming from a Dallas Cowboy fan, playing the Eagles was a pain in the rear. The Eagles were well coached. They played hard. They were tough. 
I mean, it was the reason the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson was part of that. Okay, you can't tell me that it was all Carson Wentz and that it was all Nick Foles at the end. Okay, this is the problem with the Eagles is that they're misidentifying who is responsible for their success. Okay, Nick Foles had a magical run. That's great. But they're giving Nick Foles all the credit so much so that they built a statue of him outside of the stadium. How ridiculous does that sound? Okay, if I were to tell, listen, 15 years down the line, 15, 20 years later, if I were to tell you that the Eagles have a statue of Nick Foles in front of their stadium, you'd say, who's Nick Foles? Oh, he won a Super Bowl for them for one. He like came in, he was the backup. They gave him a statue for that. Let me tell you what happened to the Eagles. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, the GM and owner, got cocky. They're very arrogant right now. At least that's the way they're acting. They fire Doug Peterson. They hire Nick Sirianni. They trade Carson Wentz. They move forward with Jalen Hurts. So <laughs> let me get this straight. The Eagles won the Super Bowl in the two, in the 2017 season. It is now 2021. So you are telling me that within three or four years after a Super Bowl, the coach is gone, the quarterback is gone, and a report is coming out that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman were hyper-criticizing the coach as if they know best. After the Eagles won the Super Bowl, we know what happened now. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie said, Hey, man, we're pretty good at this. And nobody else in the building knows what they're talking about. That's what went through their mind. The players on the field don't know what they're doing. We do. The coach who talks to the players on the field doesn't know what he's doing. We do. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have turned into the hypercritical, dysfunctional parents. And their kids turn out to be serial killers. That's what's going to happen to the Eagles. Okay, the Eagles for the next five or so years are going to be breeding serial killer babies because nobody is going to be able to get their crap together. They've built such an insane, unhealthy culture, pointing fingers. Okay, this is very monarchy like. Do they really think that it's going to be any different with Nick Sirianni as their head coach? Do they really think it's going to be any different with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback? Absolutely not. The Eagles are going to be one of the three or four worst teams in the NFL next year. Their roster isn't good. Their players are getting old. I think they have the wrong quarterback. They didn't hire the right coach. I don't think the Eagles are not going to be good next year. The Eagles easily are going to be the last team, last place team in the NFC East. Mark my words. Easily. The Giants will be better than them. Dallas will be better than them. Washington will easily be better than them. The Eagles are going to be a joke next year. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie, they're taking the stance of, well, it ain't our fault. One of the biggest things 
in any business, okay, in life, in any business, one of the most important things that you can do, one of the most important things that you can do is take responsibility for your failures, even if it isn't your fault. Okay. Listen, you think if Tesla, okay, if Tesla has a malfunction, let's say their cars, the autopilot is malfunctioning and people start getting into accidents. Sometimes people die, sometimes people don't. Do you think that Elon Musk, who owns Tesla, would say, listen, I will take responsibility. This falls on me. I have to fix the problem. Do you think that he would say that? Or do you think that he would say, hey, listen, I'm not the one building the cars. I'm not the one building them. Okay, you want to look at my manufacturers. They're the ones that are that are really producing the thing. I just make up the drawings. Elon Musk, of course, as a hyper-successful human in society, with a, I'll be completely honest with you, what seems to be turning into a world-changing brand, would take responsibility for the mistakes that his company makes Doug Peterson was not the reason the Eagles were terrible it was entirely the front office and even if it wasn't the front office maybe Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz were the issue what if they were that doesn't matter the owner and the GM own up to the responsibility. We take full responsibility for how the the team is performing right now. Okay? I have to do a better job. That's what your coach does. That's what your quarterback does. Your coach says, hey, listen, I didn't have a good enough game plan. Okay? I Listen, it starts with me. I got to be more prepared. I got to do this. I didn't do this right this week. Something like that. That's what coaches do. Quarterback, same thing. Listen, it starts with me, man. There was one play. I should have had it. You know, there was, I shouldn't have thrown that pick in the third quarter. That really changed the game. You know, like they take, that's what good leaders do. I mean, it is so textbook. It is so simple. And the Eagles front office can't figure it out. People wonder, again, I get asked so much, some, I get asked so much. Guido, why do you keep harping on the Eagles? Because it's this kind of stuff. It's this kind of stuff that is going to keep them in the basement. I'm not talking about the Eagles because I hate them. Okay? I'm not talking about the I'm not crapping on the Eagles because I think they made the wrong decision. I I'm crapping on the Eagles because I think their future is really short. Honestly, I think their best days are behind them. They're going to go down and down and down for the next number of years unless they strike gold on a quarterback or something. Okay, they get the next Mahomes or they get the next Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that'll turn them around. But that's not going to happen because anytime, uh, what it seems like, anytime we give the Eagles credit that doesn't include Howie Roseman or Jeffrey Lurie, they get mad at those people, they get hypercritical, and then they bounce them out of the building. I mean, it was four years ago, three or four years ago, where the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And now they are a catastrophic, uh, uh, they are a travesty. The, the Eagles are a mess in every in every instance, in every category. I mean, we look at them and they're just, I, I mean, they don't have a single good thing. Coach gone, quarterback gone, owner and GM, 
very arrogant, very dominant, very dictatorship. That's what's happening right now. <laughs> I mean, and I'm sure that, you know, GMs and owners, they can be critical of a coach. Okay. They see a coach dog at one week. Hey, man, come on. We can't see that. We hired you for a reason. We want you to get these guys going. And that's fine. You have that conversation behind closed doors. But now you've got legitimate, like, sources leaking out of the organization saying they never treated Doug Peterson right. Every little decision was under a microscope. They lose by three. Oh, my God. How could you lose that game? Okay, game-winning field goal. I can't believe you lost that game. You win by a field goal. Come on, you couldn't win by more than that? The Eagles are breeding serial killer babies. This is never the answer. That culture never makes it. Never, ever makes it. Okie dokie. Um... Let's, uh, before we move on, I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com. That is LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. Uh, you pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state. You sign up, instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet from a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. Let me repeat that. $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy. Thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That is American Betting Experts. Uh, okay, so this is interesting, and it's very exciting for me as a Cowboy fan. <laughs> boy, oh boy. It was about time for my mid-show hydration. Um, okay, in about 15 minutes, I'll rank the top five quarterbacks in the draft. Uh, but right now, the Cowboys are making noise. <laughs> and they're, you know, it gets me excited because I think that it would be, if it were to happen, it would be the most unstoppable NFL let me put it this way. It would be the most unstoppable force in NFL history. Okay. So according to multiple reports, this is coming from Chris Mortensen at ESPN. This is coming from Adam Schefter. This is coming from Mike Fisher who uh, from Sports Illustrated, who closely covers everything in Dallas sports, Cowboys, Mavericks, everything. Um Jerry Jones is, quote, infatuated with Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Let me be honest. The thought of Kyle Pitts in a cowboy jersey is like the most exciting thing ever. <laughs> it is just, that's so crazy. It wouldn't that be insane? Even just the slightest thought. Okay. 40 in eight games this year at Florida. He had 43 catches, 770 yards. He caught 12 touchdowns. This kid is going to be so unbelievable. He's 6'6, 246. People are saying he's the best tight end prospect since Kellen Winslow. Like the, the going nuts. Uh, there, a lot of people are saying this is the best player in the draft who isn't named Trevor Lawrence, and I agree. I think he's incredible. So, here's the thing about the Cowboys and why this story is so interesting, because the Cowboys' defense last year was historically bad. They were the worst defense in the NFL. Um, and everybody is saying, well, listen, 
This is just Jerry being Jerry. He's impulse buying at the register. And he, listen, he doesn't need Kyle Pitts, but it's too sexy for Jerry to pass up. Okay? It's too sexy. Let me be honest with you. Okay? Here's my logic behind why I support Jerry Jones and the Cowboys possibly getting Kyle Pitts or trading up for Kyle Pitts. Because I am not under the impression that a corner is going to change everything in your defense. The Cowboys defense was terrible last year. Terrible. And most people are using that as their logic behind the Cowboys should draft defense in the first round. I don't necessarily agree. I think the first round, that's when you get your special talent, right? It's nice to fill a need, but the Cowboys don't just need a corner. The Cowboys need a pass rusher. They need a defensive tackle, okay? They need a linebacker for when Leighton Vander Esch inevitably, inevitably gets hurt, okay? They need multiple corners. They might need a safety. They, You name it on their defensive roster, and the Cowboys could use an extra one of those. Their defense isn't good. It's not close to being ready. So, yeah, they could use a corner. Oh, boy, they lost Cheetah Bay Awuzie. They are in such need of a corner. Listen, Trayvon Diggs was good as a rookie last year. They brought back Jordan Lewis. They still have Anthony Brown. Okay, they have corners to fill the roster. But the draft is not one round long. Can we please acknowledge that the draft is fluid and long. Seven rounds. If the Cowboys don't take, if the Cowboys take Kyle Pitts at number 10, uh, at number 10, they have nine more picks to pick defense. The Cowboys have 10 picks in this year's draft. They have a first, a second, and two thirds. I think they also have two fourths and two fifths and two sixths. They have an absurd amount of picks. The Cowboys can draft defense. Does anybody really think that Patrick Sertain is going to be a Hall of Famer? Does anybody really think that J.C. Horn or Caleb Farley are going to be Hall of Famers. And listen, if the Cowboys take Patrick Sertan, the long, big Alabama corner, am I going to be mad at it? No. I like Patrick Sertan. I think he could help the defense singularly. I'll be upset if they take Patrick Sertan over Kyle Pitts, even though I can't imagine that that happens. Because I'll be honest with you, I, first of all, I don't expect Kyle Pitts to make it to 10. If the Cowboys want to get him, they got to trade up. But I know Jerry Jones, listen, they didn't need CeeDee Lamb last year either, and he fell right into their lap and they took him. Okay, this is the more this, this is the more important part of this, is that Kyle Pitts is the Hall of Fame talent. You've got nine other picks to draft and load up on defense. Okay, you do. And the Cowboys signed a bunch of defensive free agents. They signed Keanu Neal. They signed uh, DeMonte Casey. They signed Jaron Curse. They signed a bunch of de defensive free agents to fill some of these holes. So, yes, I think their defense is going to be better next year. They fired Mike Nolan. They brought in Dan Quinn. I, I think their defense is going to be better next year. I actually think it's going to be much better next year. I think their defense could be Honestly, middle of the pack. I don't think that they, the Cowboys have good defensive players on their team. Right? Demarcus Lawrence, Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch. 
They've got good players. It's not an amazing defense, but it's not like there's nobody. They do have guys that can get after the quarterback and, you know, get in the way of passes and can tackle in the middle of the field. Like, they have guys. I don't think that they're scarce, but I also don't think that one rookie corner is going to make all the difference in the world for this defense. It isn't going to matter if they pick a defensive player or an offensive player in the first round. You know the Cowboys are going to go heavy on defense for the majority of this draft, as they should, because this offense is loaded. But if Kyle Pitts is there, the Cowboys should take him. Here's the other thing. You have Dak. You've got Zeke. You have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Add Kyle Pitts to that mix. Because it isn't like the Cowboys don't need a tight end. That The tight end is their weakest spot on offense. right? Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, as much as Cowboy fans like them, are not prime options at the position. You put Kyle Pitts at tight end in that offense. Nobody is defending the Cowboys. Literally no one. There is not a defense in the NFL that could contain them. Not Buffalo, not Baltimore, not Chicago, not New England, not Tampa, not anybody. It doesn't matter. Best defenses in the league, doesn't matter. Nobody is containing the Cowboys. If Dak's healthy, if everybody's healthy, they're going to score 40-plus points a game. And here's the thing. I'm going to make a prediction. I think the Cowboys do it. I think that Jerry Jones is looking at Kyle Pitts and saying, listen, we just lost Jason Witten, and it's about time the Cowboys got ourselves another Hall of Fame tight end. There's no more Jason Witten. This guy is more talented than Jason Witten. And he's going to look at, he's looking over at Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's looking over at Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And he's saying, these teams are loaded with weapons. They didn't hold back. And look at that. They made it to the Super Bowl and they're having a ton of success. And they won the Super Bowl, both of them. Why can't I do that? Okay, Kansas City's defense is not amazing. They have about as many good players on their defense as the Cowboys do on theirs. Right? Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew. Can you name anybody else that's really impressive? Cowboys have Demarcus Lawrence. They've got Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch. Can you really name anybody else that's really that impressive? Not really. Do you ever hear the Chiefs defensive coordinator getting head coaching interviews? No. You sure do hear about Eric Bieniemy, though. <laughs> right? The Cowboys would do the same thing. We'd sure hear about Kellen Moore. We're never going to hear about Dan Quinn getting another opportunity, at least not anytime soon. Who would guard the Cowboys? Who would do it? Who would be capable of guarding Dallas? Anyone? Anyone? I don't think so. I don't think so. Imagine that. Okay, picture that in your head and don't and tell me that it isn't scary. Dak, Zeke, Cooper, Gallup, Lamb, Pitts. You don't think Jerry would trade up with Atlanta, give them a first-round pick next year or something like that to go get that special tight end kid? Especially in this weak division? Jerry Jones looking around the division saying, okay, the Eagles are a mess. Washington doesn't really have a quarterback. The Giants are still trying to figure things out. We're wide open. The I've said this before. The Dallas Cowboys 
should easily win the NFC East. Easily. If they don't, Mike McCarthy's got to go. Easily. There is no other, there's no excuse. The roster's the best. They have a good coach. They have the best quarterback. I mean, I mean, and you add Kyle Pitts. I mean, you're going to have the best offense in NFL history. I mean, that's better than the greatest show on turf. I'm not even kidding. Okay, this is better than any Tom Brady team, any Peyton Manning team. Okay, those 2014 or 13 Denver Broncos, that offense was ridiculous when Peyton Manning won MVP. This team would be better than them. Dak Prescott's numbers would be out of this world. They would outscore everybody. You don't think on a majority basis that the Cowboys would outscore almost every... I mean, the Cowboys would win 12 games just by simply outscoring teams. With those wide receivers, that tight end, that running back, that quarterback, they would be running over teams offensively. It'll the the games would finish 42 to 31. Okay, the defense wouldn't be that great. I think it would be improved. But if listen, if you're Dallas, go ahead. Go for it. Go all in for that kid. Go all in for that. And he's going to produce just like this because you can't double cover him. You can't double cover anybody on the Cowboys defense because there's another talented guy that's just as talented as the guy you're doubling that you're leaving open. You can't double anybody in that uh, in that offense. <sighs> the thought just gets me so pumped up like I'm I'm so excited like I want it to happen so bad you have no idea how bad I want that to happen as a cowboy fan I want that to happen so bad so bad I have not wanted anything more okay in a cowboy draft I have not wanted anything more maybe ever maybe ever and I really wanted the Cowboys to get Jalen Ramsey instead of Zeke. That turned out pretty decent. I, I'm not going to lie. I want this. I want Kyle Pitts in a Cowboy jersey. Oh, my goodness, so bad. Oh, my goodness. If Jerry Jones can find any way to make it, I don't care how. I don't care how. Any way Jerry Jones can make it happen, you have to make it happen. You have to. So. Jerry, me, Mike Guido calling in from Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. Find a way. Please find a way to draft Kyle Pitts. I don't care how far you have to trade up, okay? Generally speaking, I don't care what you have to give up. Get him. Get him. (sighs) Okay. So let's get into this now. So I'm going to give you my official list. I'm not going to be here for a couple of, uh, a couple of episodes after today. Um, I'm going on vacation, a surprise vacation. My fiance gave me, uh, going up to Boston this weekend. That'll be fun. Um, but uh, the I, I'm going to give you my official. This is final now. Okay. My final official top five quarterbacks in the NFL draft. This is how I'm ranking them. This is in order. So I'm going to go five to one. Okay. And I'm going to be honest with you. These are the same five names that you've been hearing, but. I'm going to have them in an order that I think might surprise you. So here we go. Number five for me is Mac Jones. And again, like I've said, he's clearly fifth. Um, He's not very athletic, so I don't love that about him. I think that there's definitely some contribution by his superstar teammates into his success. 
Uh, but the one thing that I cannot take away from Mac Jones is his accuracy. Okay. He is deadly accurate, completed 77% of his throws last year, 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, four picks. He had a phenomenal year last year at Alabama. I can't take that away from him. Um, the only thing that I lack really with Mac Jones, that again, even with the, without the athleticism, uh, athleticism, even without the star cast around him, the thing that I'm real uh, that I really didn't see from Mac Jones was anything special. I didn't see special throws. I didn't see, you know, crazy plays that were off script. I didn't really see that. Everything was kind of by the book with Mac Jones. I want to see him uh, get a little bit more uncomfortable. Uh, I wouldn't draft him early in the uh, early in the first round. Maybe if I'm in a good system, maybe I would take a chance on him late first. But again, Mac Jones to me is more than likely a second round pick in my eyes. Um, he's number five. Number four. And again, this is by a hair from number three. I'm going to say Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields, 6'3", 228 is what he's listed at. Uh, great year at Ohio State this past year. 70% completion percentage, which was his highest in his college career. Uh, he only played eight games, so 2,100 yards, 22 touchdowns, six picks. Uh, he did have his ups and downs, right? He played great in the college football playoff game against Clemson. He outplayed Trevor Lawrence. That was his most impressive performance of the year. Okay. He did play well in the national championship game. Now, again, in the big 10 championship against Northwestern, he really struggled, really struggled. And that was kind of the point where people were getting a little turned off from Justin Fields. Listen, I think the kid's a dog. I think he'll come back in any game you ask him to. Uh, he's an uber athletic player, and I think he has a better arm than what people are giving him credit for. Uh, but Justin Fields needs to be in a system that works for him. Okay. He can't be standing still. He's got to be able to use his legs, his athleticism. He's got to be able to play off script. Listen, everybody from four to one, I think, can be a pro bowler on this list. I really think Justin Fields has great upside. And it wasn't too long ago that we were all saying, well, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are kind of 1A and 1B. I, I think that could still kind of be the case, um, but it's just it's more of the ascension of other players than it is the decline of Justin Fields. Um, so, again, I like Justin Fields. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to have a great NFL career. Um, the only issue I have really with Justin Fields is I want to see him um, – I want to see him develop a little bit more as a thrower of the football, not even just, and, and again, the guy completed 70% of his throws. I'm not going to take anything away from him as far as that is concerned, but I do want to see him with more of the natural ability. Sometimes it feels kind of forced. I'm going to say Justin Fields is number four. Number three for me is Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson is probably the guy with, you know, and again, this is outside of Trevor Lawrence, but Zach Wilson is probably the guy with the second most upside. Okay. Because the things that he can do with his arm are unbelievable. His highlight tape is something to be seen. It really is. Okay. BYU this year, 73 and a half percent of his throws, 3,700 yards passing. Uh, 33 touchdowns, three picks. That's what he's looking at. Um, again, BYU's independent. So really, uh, BYU was playing a cupcake schedule. Uh, 6-3-2-10. I will say, though, Zach Wilson dominated everybody that he was playing. I, Zach Wilson was the best player on the field pretty much every single game he played in college this year. Um, and again, you look at his highlight tape. And there are some throws. I mean, they call him Mormon Mahomes for a reason. I mean, there are some throws that he makes that are just unbelievable. I think if Zach Wilson goes to the right system and he gets coached by the right people, Zach Wilson can be really special in the NFL. Really special. Because that talent, I mean, that's God-given. Okay? I mean, you can't coach a player to that. The, so, you know, uh, you ask a lot of these athletes and they're going to give credit to their coaches and everything like that. But the reality is, is that some people just wake up one day and they can do it. 
Like, that's just it, right? Like, some baseball player, like, I could try as hard as I possibly, I was a baseball player, okay? I could try as hard as I possibly could, and I could never throw throw a baseball 105 miles an hour. It's just God-given ability. I mean, I could I have thrown 90? Maybe. But, like, could I have ever thrown the ball over 100? Never. Never. Like, it's just, you got to be given that ability. Zach Wilson has a really wiry, flingy arm. Okay, the guy's basically a rubber band. The only thing I don't really love about Zach Wilson, and again, he's he's athletic, he can move. The only thing I don't love about Zach Wilson is that he plays smaller than he is. Okay, I want to see him have more stature on the field. I want to see him look less like a kid running around. I, I want him to have more pocket presence, more presence on the field. I want people to fear him. And I'm not sure people do right now. So there needs to be that presence on the field. Zach Wilson right now, number three. Number two, I'm sure by process of elimination, you could figure this out. Number two for me is Trey Lance. Uh, And again, I'm way higher on Trey Lance than most people are. Okay. Trey Lance only played uh, really one year of college football. The 2019 season where he played 16 games. Uh, completed 67% of his throws, almost 2,800 yards. He threw 28 touchdowns and zero interceptions. That's what's really impressive, okay? And I understand he was playing at North Dakota State. The competition was not amazing, but I'll be honest with you. Zero interceptions is zero interceptions. I don't care where you are, <laughs> okay? That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. And again, it's not like that competition is that, that bad where he can just dominate it that hard, okay? Trey Lance was just playing amazing football. So I love how accurate he is. I think he is the best athlete when it comes to quarterbacks in this draft. He's the best runner. Uh, I also think that he has the best escapability. I think he makes most out of plays when he goes off script. And his deep ball is incredible to watch. I mean, Trey Lance has crazy arm strength. Crazy. Okay. He has, listen, Trey Lance is very, you know, he's more athletic and more accurate than Josh Allen. He plays a lot like Josh Allen. I said he was a bigger, taller Russell Wilson. I think that's the kind of player he is. I think if, listen, Trey Lance, if he goes to San Francisco or wherever, I think he's going to have massive amounts of success given the situation. And again, I think that's for everybody. If if you put somebody in a crappy situation, it's really hard for them to succeed. Trey Lance, given the situation, could be so incredibly good in the NFL. Okay, 6'4", 226. He's such a great athlete. He's got great stature. He owns the field. Love me some Trey Lance. He's, some, he's number two. And then number one, I mean, come on. Uh, listen, have you ever noticed, you know, ever since the draft, season really started. We haven't really talked much about Trevor Lawrence. It's because it's such a done deal that he's going to go number one. <laughs> okay. Like we have not had a sure, more of a surefire number one overall pick um, uh, since Andrew Luck. Uh, this kid is so incredibly good. 6-6-220. He just got married yesterday, which is, uh, again, congratulations for him. Uh, he's an incredibly mature kid. I think he's got an incredible future ahead of him, even in Jacksonville. Okay, it's these generational talents that you just, you can't get over how good they are, right? This past year, Clemson played 10 games, got hurt a little bit, 69% completion percentage, uh, 3,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, five picks. Listen, this guy was the best player in the country as a freshman. Okay, he's been so incredibly good. He has such a close to flawless game. Okay, Maybe that D, maybe the, the ball placement on certain throws can be a little bit suspect, but stature, accuracy, athleticism, off script, IQ, maturity. I mean, everything's all there. It is just, it's all there for Trevor Lawrence. So that's my list. Trevor Lawrence one, Trey Lance two, Zach Wilson three, Justin Fields four, and Mac Jones five. That's my top five quarterbacks in the NFL draft. And that does it for today. Uh, on a Monday, it's been Guido's Gridiron Blitz on the Landry Football Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. We'll see you.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.